I'm Bob, and I collect stamps. Welcome back. This is the Bob Collects Stamps podcast, and I'm Bob. I hope you'll like and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. And if you have a mind to, please consider dropping a tip in the tip jar or buying me a coffee. I appreciate the help in someday paying for the hosting. For some reason, I've been thinking a lot about my stamp collecting journey, probably because I'm seeing others talk about how they started in the hobby. Not being one to jump on bandwagons, I thought I'd jump on this one anyway. I started stamp collecting when I was about eight or nine years old, like many people. About that time, my grandmother gave me a cigar box full of stamps that she had collected when she was a girl in the 1920s. I was a serious collector by the 8th grade and had my album and stock books and joined the middle school stamp club. I didn't like it much because it was set up mostly to trade stamps and not to learn about stamps. And I don't like to part with stamps. I'm a true accumulator. There was a stamp store in town and one in the city nearby, and I was able to walk to one and to take the bus to the other and shop. The local store became a hangout for me, and I have good memories of just generally talking with the owner, and she was very tolerant of my presence, as was the local pet store. This is one thing that's now missing from most towns, a local hangout where stamp collectors can just hang out and absorb and browse thousands of stamps just to see what strikes their fancy. Shows on the internet are really no substitution for this experience, but it is what it is. I pretty much dropped the stamp collecting after that experience in 8th grade when the stamp store in town shut down and I went into high school. The one in the nearby city is still going, by the way. I took up my collection again shortly after college. At that point, I joined the American Philatelic Society for the first time, and not my last. I started also getting stamps on approval. If you're not familiar with that, some vendors will send you stamps that you can either then buy or return just for the cost of postage. The American Philatelic Society circuit sales work like this, only you send the package on to the next person, if there are stamps left, and your payment back to the APS. I did join the circuit at that time, too. My stamp collecting, though, fell off rather sharply after a time, and I let everything stop. Around the turn of the century, okay, that sounded weird, I started up again and rejoined the APS and the American Topical Association and tried to get involved in the local stamp club, but it was not real welcoming to someone on my level and I was about 40 years younger than most of the members, and I was pushing 40 myself. That's also when I got my Penny Black stamp, which is still my most expensive stamp. I'd been to a couple stamp shows, the first one I particularly remember. It was a huge show in San Francisco where I thought it was so cool to get current Canadian stamps from the representatives of Canada Post. They also gave me a small Canadian flag pin, which I still have. I can't, though, find the stamps I bought then. I'm still looking. I know they're around here somewhere. It was a plate block of white stamps with part of a bicycle wheel on them. Scotch 642, if you want to look them up. They still look beautiful to me. Anyway, after the turn of the century, I had to put my collection in storage. 
I remained there until early 2019 when I began a long-distance move and was forced to get rid of 90% of what was in storage. Despite that, and an unanswered email to that store about how to get my collection appraised for sale, I was exceedingly happy to get it all together in one place, in one set of boxes. It made me feel so good I did decide to keep it. Once it was there and accessible again, I started working on it. I managed to get the collection pretty much organized by country, and the U.S. stamps, which are the bulk of my collection, organized by face value. Then the U.S. stamps got identified by Scott number. I can heartily recommend one of the illustrated sales catalogs for the big commercial stamp retailers for the bulk of identification. It had all the pictures of all the stamps, and in only about a hundred pages, it was a real effort saver. I also got some stamp inventory software and was able to input my U.S. stamps into that. After that move happened, I dropped the collection again, mostly until the middle of 2020, so only about a year, and started thinking about getting it quote-unquote finally organized, and see what I could make of it. I checked out YouTube for some pointers and found Exploring Stamps, who doesn't, and watched a bunch of his videos, then rejoined the APS and ATA, and as a help to learning more myself, like Exploring Stamps, I started a YouTube channel. I was trying to upgrade my multimedia skills at the time, so I said, what the heck, and also started this podcast and a blog, which has morphed into the 365 Stamps Project, along with announcements of things like this podcast episode, where you may have seen it. Meanwhile, my collection organization is moving slower than it might have if I dropped all these other activities. I reorganized the U.S. individual stamps into stock books, arranged by Scott number instead of face value, and started doing the identification of the world collection so I can do that same. I have started acquiring stamps again and have a few thousand in backlog to be sorted, identified, and organized. This past week, I went through 20-plus years of accumulated stamps for soaking. Pitiful, really, that it only took three soaking sessions, but it's about a thousand stamps. I found, too, that in that pile I have very few self-adhesive stamps, so I won't be spending a lot of money to get the solvent to get them off the paper. I'll just leave them close-cropped on their backing, and that's fine. My collecting interests have finally taken a specialization route. I collect stamps I like. I'm collecting birds on Australian stamps, birds on other stamps, freshwater fishes, and butterflies, and other fishes, and just cool stuff. I still claim to focus on the U.S., but I'm also working on a one-from-every-country approach. I don't expect to get there, but I've learned a lot of geography doing that. I'm really loving finding stamps that I think are pretty, or interesting, or both, and adding them to my collection, no matter where they're from. I've gone after a few specific stamps, like the Penny Red, Two Bob Blue, and the uninverted Curtis Jenny. There are more out there I'd like, but they'll wait. Yes, I would like a two-pence blue Great Britain number two, but they've been out of my prey range so far. We'll see if I can save up for them like I did the two Bob Blue. I'm having a great time interacting with you, my gentle listeners, and my viewers, and my readers, and my Collect Stamps Twitter friends. I'm learning whole lots of bunches. And as soon as the last four stamps arrive from the UK, I'll be putting together my first exhibit for somewhere or sometime. And who knows what the future brings beyond that. 
That's my stamped collecting story, and I'm sticking to it. I'm Bob, and this has been the Bob Collects Stamps podcast. Keep collecting. Collect what you want. Don't follow anybody else's rules except have fun and take care of yourself and your stamps. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.